Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Welcome back. Welcome back to Chalker Checkups. Okay, so mom... I don't think you know this, but there is a song that's been really popular and it's kind of gone viral on TikTok and Instagram like videos. Mm -hmm. One of these workers that lives nearby kept playing it on repeat in his pocket. So every time I would leave the house, it would be the same song. And the song is Past Lives. And it's like, past lives could never hold me down. Lost love is sweeter when it's finally found. <laughs> Don't wake me up. I'm not dreaming. <laughs> like, past life. They're like, just on repeat, nonstop. <laughs> uh, the universe is trying to tell you something. <laughs> but it was just like, I'm pretty sure this kid doesn't listen to anything on. It's just like on repeat all day long, like all week long in his pocket. He's and... missing. He's missing his lo- his last love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Well, we've we've talked a lot about past lives in terms of skills and things like that that you can remember, which you definitely can have, and and that's really good. But there are some advantages to looking into and healing your your darker, more dysfunctional past lives. What is like the importance of remembering past lives? Because we hear about it and we like know that reincarnation exists, but why does that matter? Well, it matters in that we tend to drag a lot of the emotion and a lot of the dysfunction from certain past lives right back with us uh, and start playing it out when around age three. So you can sometimes your entire experience of your life is really just you being on an automatic reactive phase from what happened to you in you know in the last three or four past lives okay in some ways i tell people you don't even know who you really are you haven't had the experience to actually find out who you are because you're in such a reactive state from what happened to you before that that you haven't gotten over. Well, that actually kind of makes sense in a lot of ways. If you're just like always on fight or flight of something that happened to you before, but in this lifetime, you're like, maybe nothing really happened to me, but I've always been a little bit on edge. Exactly. Or you wake up and you're terrified of water or, or you're terrified of fire or things that you don't normally, you know, you would not normally expect to see and you never get over it. Mm-hmm. So examining our past lives is a good way to start to heal that up and, and end that cycle. And then you're back at reset. You know, you're just you who you're meant to be in this life without all that baggage. So it doesn't really matter if you were something like a fisherman in a fast life that lived in a quiet little village, but more like if you were stuck out to sea and then drowned or something in a horrific way. 
Well, we do tend to remember, even in, in this life, we tend to remember and cling on to the things that didn't go well. Uh-huh. You know, you don't sit around and saying, wow, I remember that great time we all had popcorn and watched television. Those things tend to fade very quickly. Uh-huh. And it's the same with our past lives. The things that were awful are the things that we are trying so hard to resist and forget that we actually cling to them. And the way we cling to them is to bring our energy forward from that past life. And I can actually see that when I do chakra readings. So what does that look like when you do a reading? For the most part, when you have something in your chakra field, if it's in the front or moving towards you, it's the present or future. But if you have energy that goes backward or out the back of somebody's chakra reading or is on the back, it's either it's usually the past or it's going to the distant past. So just the other day, I saw someone with this, this look like a tornado shaped energy that was completely black that went way, way away from the body. So I know that's something that there's some really big issue that is in the past and it's literally pulling the energy out of that person's chakra system to have the energy to be reactive about what happened in the past so how would you know if something like that is happening to you well there's several things that would be a clue and and the one is one you just already mentioned uh-huh. if if you have something like some anxiety I mean, there's always the possibility that you have forgotten something. But if you're pretty sure that, you know, you've had a pretty normal life or a reasonable life, and yet you have these certain anxieties, that's one really big clue. Mm-hmm. The, the other clue is that you, when you go to do certain things, your mind says, absolutely don't do that. You know, do not do that. And there's no real reason for that response in you Mm -hmm. you know like do not go on vacation or do not get married or something like that but and it's not reasonable but it's constant in your mind so when you're trying to function in a certain way you're having to do it almost against yourself so do you think because people have irrational fears is what what they call them basically is like a fear of something that you shouldn't necessarily be afraid of. Do you think that would almost always be linked to a past life? Very likely in my opinion, very likely if, if you, I mean, you, again, you can always have the possibility that you, something happened and you block the memory in this life, but it's much more likely that you just had something really bad happen and Mm. you have not forgot it in terms of your feeling in your body and the the body memory and also in the part of your psyche is holding on to that and reacting that in a way to try to protect you from having that bad thing happen again you don't want to be burned on the stake you know don't (laughs) right (laughs) well don't become don't become a christian you know i mean you know something some some of these things that just aren't necessarily logical but they're still very fresh in your mind yeah I mean that's really interesting that you say that actually because one of my best friends from high school she 
has always been terrified of flying on airplanes. And she's told me several times, I just have this feeling that I'll die if I ever get on one. Well, that's a good example. Um, And she probably did get on an airplane and die. You know, in the distant past, when airplanes were new, they were crashing all the time. We still have airplane crashes that are pretty awful, but... uh, yeah, I mean, now they're safer than driving a car, though. <laughs> right. But uh, airplanes went down a lot. Um, and people, that was common. So people that flew on them, that was in almost like a death trap. I think I read something the other day that the the World War One fighter pilots, a lot of them died in the training procedures in crashes. They didn't even get into action. Well, oh, that's interesting. Because I didn't even think about, like, those types of plane crashes necessarily like all of these ones that were taken down in wars or kamikaze pilots and and things like that those would be pretty traumatic plane type deaths from a past life when yeah pearl harbor there were planes crashing into things and you know just all kinds of things that could have happened in the past um all over the world yeah um not just with planes but with everything yeah and the world's a violent place and it has been a violent place and for a lot of people that many lifetimes didn't go well right i have had readings where the angels are telling me that this person died badly in their last three or four lifetimes in a row yeah and you know when they say that i go okay you know i usually get the messages from angels right away but then when i start doing their chakras i'm like oh wow i can see it you know there's just so much stuck energy and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of depression. And although you'll create things in your lifetime to explain all of this stuff, mm-hmm. when someone has had a lot of awful things happen in the past that they haven't resolved, they're just much more prone to anger and depression and anxiety and upset. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard for them to relax and be in the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How do you know how much of your soul is stuck in these past lives? Well, a lot of that, one of the big clues with that would be is how able you are to stay in the present moment. Okay. And if you find yourself often drifting, if you find yourself thinking about unusual scenarios, if you have find yourself having these irrational fears, they're not irrational, but the unexplained, uh-huh. unexplained fears. Unremembered. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have a reoccurring thought that uh, I bet I was burned at the stake or I bet I drowned in a flood or something like that. And even though you don't necessarily remember it in a dream or a memory, but it's still the thought keeps coming back. Or I bet I was in a really bad car crash or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I always have this fear that, like, driving near cliffs, like, the car is going to fall over the cliff somehow. There you go. Steering in cars when they first came out wasn't that great either. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't even a car. Maybe it could have, like, fallen, you know, a cliff collapsed or something on my my trolley cart like you know but cars are the same the most 
similar that we have now to whatever was around back then. You could have gone over in a horse and buggy too. Right. W- right. Whatever it was. Yeah, so, I mean, those things don't happen to everybody and it's not quote unquote natural to be having something like that, a reoccurring thought that I was burnt at the stake or a reoccurring thought that, you know, uh, I was chased through the long grass with people with torches and, and killed or something like that. So very likely that is a memory. Uh, it's a sign that something has gone wrong in the past and part of your soul is still stuck there. Uh-huh. And the reason you're having this reoccurring memory is because your soul wants you to come and get it. It wants to heal. Right. And wants to stop the reaction. Right. Bring you back to the present so you can actually live this life in the now. Why do you think these soul separations happen with traumatic events? We make them happen. It isn't something that does. We're not. Well, we are a victim in the moment, but we are not victimized by the actions of our soul. Our soul isn't independent from us. It is you. So it's just like if you can think of sometimes like a heated argument with somebody and they say something and you're like, I don't even want to hear this. You know, Uh I don't even want to be there. Well, in an extreme event, you have that a much stronger response to that. And in a in a very violent or unexpected death or trauma or being chased down and killed by an animal or something of that nature part of you just says i want to check out and Uh at that moment you make that decision you break away from a piece of your soul and the rest of you moves on right But but that piece that is there in the 12th century being you know tortured by the mob is still being tortured by the mob in the timeline every day for till it's resolved. So it is like a complex PTSD and you wake up and, you know, your parents will say, wow, the other two kids were so calm, but this kid's a nervous wreck. Uh-huh. <laughs> this kid's really jumpy. Never wants to settle down. He won't go to sleep, you know, and it's like from the get-go. So you can go your entire life just, you know, in a way, running from the mob. And then you're trying to be normal. And people think, well, there's something wrong with you or you're just not normal or whatever. And it is, in a way, it is normal, but it's not comfortable. But you can solve it. Okay, so that something might have happened and you want to fix it. You think your soul is left, but... How many lifetimes do you think this happens to people? Like, is it repetitive in that if one traumatic thing happens in one lifetime, it happens again because you're attracting that same energy? Well, that can't, that could happen. You could have several lifetimes of going through the same thing over and over again. Like doing it over again until you heal the the initial issue right and you're not necessarily healing so then it just becomes more and more compound Uh and i think that's where you get a situation like that one person where the angel said you know this has been several lifetimes in a row and they they've all ended badly Uh uh-huh 
so a person like that could could wake up with some a level of fear or anxiety that they just don't want to go out in the world and do anything well yeah and i think there's a lot of people that are like traumatized by fear of leaving their apartment because they think the whole world's out to get them and you know well, can't, and- can't argue with that if it <laughs> happened in a, in a couple lifetimes like i wouldn't want to leave my apartment either yeah i got up i went out i got killed i got up i went out got killed yeah um, and and that happens i mean that has happened the other thing is that people tend to be attracted to sometimes the same life pattern over and over again they might be in the same ethnic group over and over again or they might you know be in the same job description you know they might be an explorer I did a reading for someone, and in that lifetime, uh, in his past life, one of the things the angels were showing me is that he wanted to be an explorer, wanted to explore, uh, I can't remember if it was Africa or India, but at any rate, you know, he left England, traveled there, started to do his thing, immediately got sick, got some disease, and died. Reincarnated, Uh did exactly the same thing, got shot reincarnated you know it's like i really really want to go to africa but every time i go there i die (laughs) i die before i'm 30 i mean it's not really funny but it it is it does happen yeah and people do tend to they get an idea uh that they want to do something they want to be something and sometimes they're trying it over several lifetimes and it still is not working out and then you kind of carry that with you. So at some point you would want to not leave your apartment. You know, Netflix is looking better and better. <laughs> yeah, I'll just watch movies of exploring. <laughs> yeah, really. Just watch Indiana Jones forever. Yeah. Um, but, but that happens. And then I see these people trapped. And uh, sometimes I'll say in the reading, you know, I think like 50% of your energy has nothing to do with this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Now that's not really, really common, but I do have that, or, or at least I'll say I've, I'm pretty sure that there is a, there's a sense that some of your energy definitely, this is not from this lifetime, mm-hmm. and sometimes the pull is so strong that the person's barely in the room, and these people might be very spacey people, you know, hard mm-hmm. to get them to pay attention because they're getting pulled back and pulled back into trying to resolve this past energy mm-hmm. that makes sense so how can you tell how many lifetimes someone has had because you also have said that sometimes people cannot have that many lifetimes on this planet or be very new to planet earth well one of the ways you can tell that it, you know if someone's out there like now and they're an older soul they've had a lot of lifetimes one of the things that will be pretty obvious is that they have a lot of inherited knowledge that they didn't learn in school Uh if you have somebody and you know you've got your 12 year old and you're out fixing the car and he picks up a wrench and he says well i know how to fix this and he's also seems to be a natural for riding a bike and he reads like a banshee and you know he does all these different things it's because he's had many, many lifetimes doing all this stuff. And you do carry a certain amount of memory 
about what you've learned and what you know. And so some people just have this, what they say is a lot of common sense, but I think what it is, it's a lot of repeated learning that is stuck with them. So they just know how to do things, how to navigate things. They have a good sense of direction. They know how to exist in the wild. They just have a lot of tendencies to know things mm-hmm. because they've done them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And other people, it's tough to teach, teaching them anything because it's all so new. Okay. So if you have that, if you have that kind of sense, then, and that kind of natural knowing, you're probably an old soul. Uh huh. It used to really um, bug your your dad that I kind of knew a lot of things, <laughs> and and he'd say, "Well, where did you learn that? Where did you learn that? Mm-hmm. You, know, you didn't go to school for that, you know, so you shouldn't know that." Well, sorry, but that's part of it. Is just having a lot of different lifetimes. Yeah. And so you're natural, you're a natural at it. And sometimes also not having a lot of fear about doing a lot of things because you've done them successfully. And well, it's just the flip side of that. You know, you've, you've been a skier, you've been an explorer, you've been a diver, you've all of these different things. So you have a sense that, oh, I can't do this. It's not that hard. And it's not that scary. So you think if someone's kind of just like a natural, a natural born athlete, for example, do you think they've done a lot of, that kind of thing in a past life well there's no no way to know 100 percent for sure but yes i i would i would be willing to bet that they've been very athletic and quite often in many lifetimes over and over again and in a way you get a little bit of muscle memory Uh you don't it doesn't really make sense or it's not even logical that this should carry over into your physiology in this lifetime but I remember when I was in Vipassana and I suddenly remembered a lifetime where uh, I was being hung for being a witch and a muscle that I had in my shoulder that was always tight. Once I had that memory, it released. And I remember thinking, wow, is that weird or, or, or what? Here it's been, what, five, six hundred years. Right. And somehow I was carrying that tension in my physical body. I have a past life where I remember these people putting sticks in the fire and sticking them on my chest. And there's this one spot that I often have pain. It's the same spot all the time. There's nothing physically wrong. And I've had x-rays and everything, but it just, I think it's just the memory. Yeah, interesting. So I think you're going to have things like that. And you might even have a tendency if you went off a cliff and broke a lot of bones to fall again and break some more bones. Well, hopefully that's not going to happen. Yeah, hopefully not. But it can bring on because the same energy is there. Mm -hmm. So how do we make sure that it doesn't get repeated or, you know, that we're holding on to that energy still well the you have to heal that and the way you heal that is to actually go and get your soul get it back and heal it okay and once you resolve that if you bring your soul back from that place to here that will heal okay 
so what if you're not really sure what happened though or if something did happen well i mean if you have no idea then then it's going to be difficult but let's say for example had a dream and you were in france and you fell off the eiffel tower and you died that and you had a dream about that that's pretty clear but let's say you just had this idea in your mind or this fear that I keep falling and dying, or I think I've fallen or somehow and I, and I died, and that keeps coming back into my brain. You're not detached from your soul. You are connected to every piece of your soul from every lifetime for as long as you've been here. Mm-hmm. So if nothing has ever happened to you that caused any separation and you just woke up and you're mostly present, then you're going to be better off. But every piece that is out there, there's part of you that can feel it. And one of the things that I've done a few times is I go into a meditation and I try to picture my soul like a crystal. I talk about that. Like if you dropped a crystal on a cement floor and the pieces like went out, you know, and the crystal shattered. Right. Yeah. And you've got one big hunk, but, you know, there's all these pieces. And I try to see it that way. And I see it, and I try to get a sense how much is out there and just try to imagine it or see it in a meditation. And you can resolve some of this by sitting in meditation and going, if there are any little bits of my soul out there, I just want to pull them all back. I'm going to breathe them back right now and breathe them back into my soul here. And that will help with a lot of little things, little decisions, little problems that happened. And I do that every so often because this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I personally believe when your soul is 100% back intact, you'll be enlightened. You certainly will be present. And being present is part of being enlightened. I mean, do you think that once you get all your pieces together, you kind of unlock a lot of your you know, psychic ability as well? Because all of you is back together. Yes, because first of all, because you're all here, you can't do something if you're not in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And so that that's one part of it. And the other part of it is that you're not reacting to any fear or blocking from whatever happened. Right. But the other thing you can do is you could let's say you didn't have a dream and you it's not that clear, but you just have this idea. I was burned at the stake. You could sit down in a meditation and just say, okay, I don't know where and I don't know when, but if my soul was burnt at the stake and I'm still out there somewhere, I'm going to go to that part of my soul and bring that back and do a soul retrieval. Mm Mm-hmm. Because even though you don't know the time and you don't know the life and you don't know if you're a male or female, if you're still feeling it on one level, you're still connecting to it. And so it can be resolved. Okay. Go into detail a little bit more on these meditations. Walk us through like a little preview. 
Okay, so so you'd sit down in a meditation, get very relaxed, breathe, center your chakra system, just take a minute and breathe light into every chakra on up to the top of your head. And then then you'd sit and you'd say to yourself, if I have part of my soul stuck somewhere because they're hanging me for witchcraft. I want to extend myself, my feeling. I'm going to open my heart and extend myself out to where that piece is of my soul. And I'm just going to wrap my empathy and my love around that piece of my soul. And I'm going to bring it back to 2023 and breathe and put it back into my heart chakra and fit it right back to where it belongs on that big crystal. And then you kind of put a little band-aid right there over that crystal and wait for it to integrate. Yeah. That's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then give it three days and be gentle and, and, and let yourself reintegrate. If it works, you'll feel it. When a piece of your soul comes back, you do feel it. Uh-huh. It's it's not a super strong feeling, although for me a couple times it was super strong. But you'll feel like a little impact or a little like a whoosh. And you feel suddenly calmer. What people have said to me over and over again, I feel calmer. Uh-huh. I Suddenly I just feel better and I feel calmer. Yeah, do you think the the feeling of the impact has to do with how big of a separation, like how big of a piece that crystal is that broke off. Yes, I do. I do. I think when there's super major traumatic stuff and you bring that piece back, it's well, for me, one, one was being like hit by a football, you know, in wow. the chest. Yeah. It's like, boom. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and you always feel it like in your heart chakra. Well, some people say they feel at different places. So being as I generally try to do, I personally try to do your retrieval from your heart, because the more you emote, the more likely it is to work. Uh huh. You know, if you, if you say, I'm going to go, okay, I was hung, went there, got it back. Here it is. And you're doing it just from your head. If you're doing it more with your mind, it just doesn't work as well. Uh-huh. You're better to do the softer, kinder out of your heart chakra. Be empathetic for that part of you that's been hanging out, being burnt every day at the stake or drowned in the river or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there any point where your soul doesn't want to come back? Well, that's an interesting question because sometimes people will tell me their souls don't want to come back. And Actually, I don't think that's ever accurate. Your soul always wants to come back. The part of you that doesn't want to come back is the part of you that is still so reactive from your fear that you have a hard time doing certain types of energy work. Okay. I mean, one person literally told me they just moved their soul to a different location. It's not like your soul would rather be in Hawaii than India. (laughs) It's not that. (laughs) It's not about trying to manipulate it back and forth. This isn't like a stranger 
or some dark energy or something separate from yourself. Somewhere to put your mother-in-law for the time being. Right. Yeah. It's not your mother-in-law. So any feeling that there's resistance, if you're honest, it's your resistance in this moment. Uh Because you still have some fear and hesitation or agitation about feeling or possibly going through that trauma again. Yeah, you don't want to repeat the tra- the trauma drama. Uh-huh. So you're just oh, I'll leave it leave it the way it is. So I have a couple friends that you did readings for that you highly recommended some soul retrieval based off of some traumatic things and they have been really resistant to do the work. Mhm. And to me, if you have that much anxiety and you can sit down in a 15 minute, you know, guided meditation with you or on your own meditation would solve some of that fear that's causing you in this lifetime, why wouldn't you do it? You would think that that's that would be the logical conclusion. You would think that. But again, there's this big trauma in the background, in the dark, that you've avoided and the way you avoided it was to separate from your soul. So even though you may not be doing that well or be that happy or that functional, you've learned to function with what's going on right now. And it's an unknown how much better it can be. Mm-hmm. I was thinking when I was talk- thinking about this podcast about my friend, Maggie, my lifetime friend who died recently and I had done a reading with her and then we did some regression to find out some past life things for her because she really wanted to solve some of her big issues in her life. And I got this very clear, very clear, long description of a lifetime from the angels and from the Akashic records where she had been. Uh, a servant in this household born into this English estate way back and never had any status. And from the moment she was born until she died at old age, all she did was take care of these people, clean their house, you know, just do all these menial tasks, had very little food, very little free time, anything her entire life. Mm-hmm. And in this lifetime, wherever she went, when she came to visit, whatever, she just had this feeling that she had to do something, you know, like, I'm here to visit. Oh, I guess I'll weed your whole garden while I'm here. And then I'll paint that room and, you know, and then I'll clean the house. And I, and I would always say, Maggie, please chill out. You know, you're not here to work. This is a vacation. Mm-hmm. Put your feet up and drink some lemonade. And she just was compelled to just work so hard. And she worked so hard every day of her life. Mm-hmm. Practically up to the day she died. She was still trying to do things. She had cancer so bad that, you know, she was on hospice and she was still trying to do things for people. Right. And we went over and talked about that lifetime. And she said, I know, I feel it. I feel it. Sometimes I even have memories and then I'd say, well, let's do a soul retrieval. Well, we'll get to that one of these days. 
yeah that's crazy to me (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm too busy being a, a you know a slave to everybody that I come across for my entire life and then when she was dying in the last week she said you know Marie I'm just so tired I am just so tired I just want to stop yeah and I got I like I get it Maggie I totally get it you know you never have rested so you would think yes you, someone would say heck yes I'll I'll invest the 10 minutes it takes to resolve this and be over that forever right it seems crazy to not want to do that right but people just kind of get stuck in their the, I guess their safety net of this is just how it is kind of thing like the fear of the unknown yeah the fear of the unknown the darkness they know is better than the brightness that they don't understand mm-hmm how do you get over that like to start transitioning from that energy into healing yourself if someone is stuck and listening to this well if you're trying to do it for someone else you simply can't sure they have got to get to the point i mean part of the reason we're doing this podcast is to kind of get the information out there that this is really solvable and this could potentially be solved in 15 minutes right but you got to be willing to do it i can't do a soul retrieval for you i can't make you want to i can't make the appointment for you or make you sit down in your bed and meditate you've got to just be bold and brave enough to say well what have i got to lose Mm -hmm. if i sit down and walk myself through even if it feels like it's just imagination, 10 soul retrievals, what have I lost? An hour of time, an hour and a half? Right. And what if it all worked? What if each time you did it, you got stronger, calmer, more rational, healthier? Less anxiety. Less anxiety. and Less and fear, you, more yeah. joy. Right, exactly. And you begin to attract you know, better working situations, better partners and everything. Those are all things that could happen if you start to heal some of these. Exactly. They not only could happen, they will happen. Yeah. It goes back to that gentleman that came to me with perfect chakras, perfect chakras, perfect life. If you resolve every place that your soul is missing, your life will become perfect. Right. Because you're not no longer in a just reaction phase. You're not just being reactive to reactivated by this darkness that you went through. Mm-hmm. You're like a child. You wake up. Wow. Great day. <laughs> <laughs> Today's going to be great. <laughs> I always try to say that today's a great day to have a great day. Yeah, exactly. Well, I used to tell you when you were little, you got to get up because something exciting is going to happen. And what did I used to say to that? Well, you you were excited. And then you'd say, well, you know, later you'd say, what was the exciting thing? And I'd say, well, remember when we were out in the garden and we saw those squirrels running <laughs> up the hill? And you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's always something, you know. So 
to try to keep you in the now and keep you enthusiastic. And if you were to bring back those parts of your soul from wherever they are in the universe, then you're going to recapture that childlike excitement. Yeah. A sense of excitement and joy and spontaneity and being in the now. So all good things, all good things, (laughs) all good things. (laughs) So even if you think that past lives, that's just a bad rumor it's still worth a try. Right. If you're, if you're symptomatic, it's still worth a try. Yeah. Like, what do you got to lose? Like, even if you don't believe in reincarnation, just humor us. <laughs> right. Well, heck, look at the history of medicine, how many things that they were convinced were right. And then, I mean, people probably are having separation from their soul from that. They used to treat syphilis with mercury shots they gave people mercury um, right which is you know really really toxic or cover you in leeches or bleed out part of your blood so that uh, the bad humors would go out of you i mean probably people have (laughs) needs whole retrievals from other (laughs) earlier medical attention right well i mean i think the more that you know the more you realize you don't know and so that's just the world consciousness expanding of like oh well we tried that and that definitely doesn't work so we're going to move on to something else exactly and i think that when you have people that they sit and they meditate and they meditate they go through this sort of spontaneously in their brains over a period of time and it kind of comes to light but for people that aren't that dedicated to trying to become enlightened they just have the reactive part of things coming through and they're not doing it little tiny pieces at a time like you would be able to do in a meditation. But this, this idea of doing a soul retrieval is a chance to just kind of leap over some of that time that other people spent in a quieter way and just move things relatively quickly and successfully. Mm-hmm. I have had several people that have done a soul retrieval based on the lifetime that the angels told me for them and have had fantastic results in their life Mm -hmm. in terms of how they feel a big change in their feeling. You know, I just would tell them, "Let's, let's go get that school teacher that got killed or that native American that was you know, shot in the ghost wars or whatever it is, let's go get them Mm -hmm. and bring them back to here Mm -hmm. and reincorporate that part of your soul. And when they do that, they really notice a huge difference. Mm -hmm. It's like everything shifts. It's like you have a car and you put it all together and it runs, but it's not running well. And then you disassemble it again and take another look and you realize you missed a part. You put that part back in there it runs better. <laughs> it runs better. You're going, wow, <laughs> now the carburetor actually works. And that's what the potential is. Yeah. I mean, I can't say it enough about how much I'm a fan of these soul retrievals. It's like magic to me, honestly. The closest thing that we have to to magic is what it feels like. Well, I still do them. If I If I begin to feel some sort of depression or anxiety or something going on then I start to look at okay what does this feel like this 
runs to in this lifetime. If, if even if it's something I feel like I've worked on, I think I, I sometimes I say, well, what aspect of that might it be? Does this have some link to a past life? Uh-huh. If it does, okay, let me try to do that. And, and I'll just spend sometimes when I wake up early and I know I don't have to be up doing things for a while, I might as well spend that half hour or 45 minutes or an hour and, and just like examine that, like go over aspects of my past and see what can I pull into the moment. Uh-huh. And I think when you've done a little bit of it, both in this lifetime and a few in, in your past lifetimes, it also unblocks that possibility of seeing your other past lives. And you'll start to, if you want to, start to remember more and more of your past lives, mm-hmm. which will give you a key what to resolve. But it also has that other plus of you remembering knowledge and things that happened that are be useful to you in this life. Mm-hmm. How would we go about remembering a past life? Well, I think the, the way it worked for me is I just started my usual thing annoying the heck out of my angels and saying I really really want to remember I haven't remembered one yet I want to remember past life help me remember this past life when Mm -hmm. I go to bed tonight I want to remember past life and I just kept doing that Mm -hmm. and the reason I think you have to be really stern about that is because there is some resistance the reason you don't remember is because it was traumatic it was traumatic it was ugly it was bad and you don't want to remember it Uh but I decided I wanted to remember it and so now I have I don't know upwards of 24 past lives that I remember were any of them uh happy past lives not too many (laughs) (laughs) I have about half a dozen where I was being killed in some sort of witch, whatever witch trial. trial. Yeah, yeah, for mostly for herbalism. Interesting. I had one where I was dying in uh, in Molokai in the leper colony from leprosy. Um, I had several where I was just super poor, you know, really, really trying hard to survive. You know, most of them just weren't great. But you feel better now. But I feel better. And, you know, I I think that we're not going to remember some of the really great ones until you get passed through some of the trauma that you've been driving your machinery forever. Why is that? Like the angels will just show you the ones that's more relevant to you now first? No, you, you're, again, part of this, you're driving this, you know. Uh And until you get past these bad memories, you just don't, remember some of the good you're still reactive you know look out look out you're going to be hit by a car look out look out look out and you're not saying relax you know remember when you were just a sailor and you sailed around Nantucket every day and then had lunch and went to bed you know you don't remember those necessarily Mm -hmm. because they're not shouting at you from the past okay I'm 99 percent 99.9% sure that almost everybody that has a traumatic lifetime has some bad connection to 
a past life. Yeah. Or many. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot less common to have something traumatic happen to you in any lifetime. Be like, oh, okay, moving on, like going on with my day. Yeah. It, it, those were all pleasant and they leave you pleasant memories. But if you think about your memories of your childhood, some people have a lot of like really sweet memories, but but almost everybody remembers the really bad, awful things. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of how you want to live your life. The decision comes down to, do you want to know who you are and who you're meant to be? Or do you just want to stay in reaction mm-hmm. and do it again next time? Groundhog Day. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, that doesn't really sound that pleasant to not handle it in this lifetime. It, I mean, it makes sense to me to do it, but then my world is a little different than other people's worlds. But Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But part of what part of what has made my life dynamic and my spiritual life dynamic is being willing to try these things. Right. I mean, I decided like when I was like 15 years old, I'm going to do whatever I can to get enlightened. That was a goal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I don't think I'm enlightened yet, but probably more so than many people. But I'm still willing to try. Yeah, I mean, 55 years later, at least you're more enlightened than when you started. Definitely. Yeah. And more rational, too, because I was a wreck when I was a kid. Yeah. But I was, I am willing to try things. I'm willing to leap off the bridge. I'm willing to push the boundaries because I know that what's out there, the possibility is so great for being more joyful and being more loving knowing what's driving you not being a victim of your own past that's so valuable to have that Mm -hmm. compared to just being on fight or flight all the time Mm -hmm. wake up and run for your life until you drop with a heart attack or something Mm -hmm. it's worth the journey it's worth the effort and i think if everybody tried a soul retrieval or two in their present life they'll have such a response then they'll go okay let's move on to when I was Egyptian or whatever yeah I mean it made such a difference for me after doing the first center I was like oh I've been trying to solve that for years with therapy like okay what else can we fix today like (laughs) we just write a list we're gonna work this right down like that was just so great let's move on to the next thing I've been trying to like handle so I have one one past life memory where I remember that it was like I think there was a lot of flooding it was someplace in Asia uh, like Bangladesh or something where everything was flooded and was just like me and my husband and our two little kids. And we were living like in this bat cave and roasting, you know, bats till the, till the water went down. And it was just awful. It was dirty and dark and awful and cold and miserable. And we're, we were all nearly starving. And, and part of me like never wants to go to Asia. I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not going there. <laughs> Don't like that. Not going. <laughs> you can take your free tickets to Bangladesh and 
burn them for all <laughs> well maybe that's one you should work on <laughs> no obviously obviously yeah <laughs> i think like some of the asian countries i've visited have been some of the best travels that i've i've done i want to go to every asian country <laughs> well don't take the bat cave tour because i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> spending a few months in a bat cave during the flooded rainy season is not the way to live <laughs> <laughs> every place has its ups and downs <laughs> live and learn <laughs> but you know it was miserable enough that i still dream about it from time to time right so it's things like that and my reaction avoid half of the world (laughs) (laughs) is that rational nope not really (laughs) right avoid half of the world or spend 15 minutes and resolve it you can be dreaming of eating undercooked bat for as long as you want (laughs) (laughs) oh man what a joy or come out and, you know, play in the sun. <laughs> well, let's see if we can't get you out of that bat cave, mother. Yep. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> so if somebody out there has a past life soul retrieval they've done, they want to comment or, or they have questions about that, they should contact to us. Yeah, we'd love to hear about your experience or if you have any other questions that we didn't go over today or about any other subjects that we've covered in any other podcast, go ahead, call it in. There's a link in the podcast description of this episode. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the sunshine and think about that 15 minute meditation. Oh, and we're not recommending you eat bat either. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that that was clear, but it must have been said. On that note. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody.